When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Bet with Tote and support racing in the UK and Ireland. Great to have your company. I'm Emma Kennedy as we look ahead to a weekend where hopefully we will be unearthing plenty of gravy gems. And to do that, we need the main man from the Irish field or DG. It's the return of Rory de Gravy, Rory DeLarge. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you very much. And without further ado, on to Warwick. Straight to Warwick, where we're going to first of all talk about the 150, the McCoy Contractors, Civils and Infrastructure, Hampton Novices Chase. Great two. <laughs> Next destination, formerly of William Mullins, obviously, and having his third start for Paul Nichols, second over fences, is your 8 to 11 favourite in a small. Very small, but select field. Fiddler on the roof, 13 to 8, best price. And then your outsider of the three is Golan Fortune at 7 to 1. Uh, is this all about next destination, or would you rather take a chance uh, that Fiddler on the roof gets his act together over fences and uh, take the 13 to 8? Uh, I no, I don't want to take thirteen to eight about um, about Fiddler on the roof. Love to see him back to form. Love to see Colin Tizard back among the winners, but you can't back a Colin Tizard horse at the moment, can you? No. The um, you know, we've been talking for two months now about um, the uh, the minor issues that might be uh, stopping Colin hitting hitting uh, top form. Just for soft soft grounds. Just um, yeah, or they were getting it was they were uh, they were affected by the sticky ground. Just for new listeners, and thankfully we have a number of new listeners. So well, a lot of new listeners. So very welcome to the show. Uh, Two hundred and fifty-seven horses have run from Colin Tizard's yard this season. Twenty-five of them have won in the last fourteen days. Zero winners. So, yes, it's a concern. Um, does this then mean that next destination is an absolute stone-cold solid moral for the lucky 69? Um, not necessarily either, because ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, yeah, it's just it's just not a hugely attractive race to bet in at this stage. Um, there's not there's very little between these. Um, I'm sure I'll get away with... Well, I'll look at the, the official ratings here. Next destination is rated 149. Fiddle and Roof, 148, and Goal and Fortune, 142. Not a huge amount between them. And of course, Next Destination is giving five pounds away. So Fiddle and the Roof is actually the best of these um, in terms of chase form. But he's had he's had a fair few chances. Um, he won a, a, a pretty weak um, beginner's chase at Exeter. 
uh, beaten Silver, Silver Hallmark ahead. Um, and he's been runner-up three times. Um, his defeat by Caribbean Boy at Newbury um, didn't work out. Caribbean Boy well beaten next time. And then he was readily beaten by Chase Newcomer in All Art um, at Ascot last time out. So and the question with him is, um, you know, whether, whether he's really progressing. You know, he looked he looked at a horse with a huge amount of talent um, when he won the um, the Tolworth last season, um, but he was then tailed off in the Supreme when, when well fancied, um, and he's just got one modest victory, well, unfair victory um, from four runs over fences thus far. Um, he's also not hardly a guaranteed stayer, is he? No, I thought at that three miles. that was actually my big my second biggest concern. My biggest concern is the form of the yard. Yeah, that, and that's that's pretty much it with me as well. Um, next destination, uh, the the form of the Grade Two he won at Newbury last time out hasn't worked out brilliantly either, um, and he's got a penalty for that. So he's he's theoretically vulnerable, but then it ends up being a fairly moderate turnout. Um, you could argue that the best recent form in the race is Golden Fortune's fourth in the Cotto Star, uh, but he was a massive price that day. It was a forty to one shot. Um, but he showed up very well for a long way, better than the market expected him to before finishing fourth of the five. But he was in front of, um, of one for the team um, that day. And one for the team, of course, was second um, to Nick's destination at, uh, at Newbury. Um, and he actually beat one for the team further than Nick's destination did. So he comes into, into play. I mean, he's, he's a nine-year-old now. He had plenty of racing um, over hurdles he's not an obvious one to, to win a graded race over fences but he did shape well at Kempton he jumped well as well behind Chamblou. Um he might be the value in the race at 7 or 8 to 1 the reason that I agree with you is because he can press on for the for the lead and and, and tactically how this race is going to be run will, will be interesting but that Chamblou form is too good to ignore um, his thrashing of Champagne Wells. There's nothing too yeah, yeah, wrong that, with that. that. that, that look, that's that's um, you know, that was looked on as a as a not a bit not a fluke at the time because he was fairly well fancy for it, but it was looked at, uh, looked at as being fairly moderate form. But um, he's backed it up. He has. What surprised me is that he's he's a fundamentally he wasn't a particularly fluid fluent jumper of um, of hurdles, um, and he's coming to chasing fairly late. But um, he's jumped well. On his two starts, most of his races he's been ridden by by um, the amateur Sam Lee, who would not be um, your most stylish amateur in the country either. Um, fairly agricultural, um, to to be polite to Sam, he, he got a reasonable tune out of Golden Fortune, but it looks like he might be a little bit better than than um, than we had him pegged as. Mm. So, getting getting weight from next destination over a trip we know he stays. I think he's probably the value in the race. It doesn't hugely appeal to me. It would it'd be no surprise to see um, Nick's destination just pop out in front, make all the running, and and win cosily. Um, but I, uh, the way we're more betting on it at the moment, uh, I'd be inclined to have a small bet in Golden Fortune. Um, also, Nick's destination is a very short price favoured, and when they're that short, you need to start picking holes in them and he did ed- edge left uh, last time out now he stayed on very well um, but Golden Fortune's form also ties in with On the Blind Side On the Blind Side was narrowly beaten by McFabulous who we now know is extremely good and could very well yeah. be an entry hurdle winner so that was a, that was a strong hurdle um, and obviously you're looking at hurdles form versus, versus chase form yeah. and if you're starting to do that then you can go back to the next destination and go well he's 
you know, or, or go the fiddle of the roof, say, oh, you've a grade one winner over hurdles. Um, but this is this season's form as well. And that um, race where he was third to on the blind side um, with Mrs. Milner in second is a very good piece of form um, with the, the wonderful, to be fair, um, back in fourth, um, who's a very, very reliable horse uh, most of the time. I think that is strong form. Um, but of course, turtles form, um, switching defences now, but, you know, all you can look at is recent form in races like this. You can't really be digging back to previous seasons yeah. with novice chasers. Even the 12 and a half length defeat by Dom de Compagnie, who I sincerely hope goes goes for the mare's hurdle. Come on, Nicky, do it. Keeper over hurdles goes for the go for the mare's hurdle. It's too late to go over fences now. Um, I'd be fascinated for her in that race. That's not bad form. That's not bad form at all, in in my opinion. So um, we're both going to be going for going on fortune and rolling the dice. Yeah, I reckon so. I mean, you know, we're not we're not looking at um, reading the piggy bank um, for that. But I'd, I'd make them shorter. Um, you know, given concerns. Concerns about the second favourite, and, and given the fact that the uh, the favourite doesn't have an awful lot in hand on official figures, and is giving five pounds away, um, goal and fortune is pretty much the only way you can go to get a bit of value. The way the market is at the moment, yeah. Twenty five, the um, Ballymore Leamington Spa, Leamington Spa. I've done this before. I have done this before. The Ballymore, you're all a bunch of lemmings. Novices hurdle, grade two. Sees admiral. Oh yes. Um, ahead the betting. That's Churchill, isn't it? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, no. see, see. Also, this is Adramel, so, you know, either <laughs> way. <laughs> oh, God. Why? Uh, you, you can always ensure a good laugh on this show. Oh, <laughs> why did I agree to do that voiceover session this morning and then not get enough caffeine into me? Hold on. I watched the documentary on caffeine pills yesterday. Maybe. Maybe. I, I think you've got to drink them rather than watch documentary about them, to be honest. <sighs> right. He's here all week, folks. He's here all week. Okay. Uh, Tom Lacey and Richard Johnson's horse uh, heads the betting at four to one. Adramel. Uh, make me believer for David Pipe, the winner. Uh, with Tom Scudamore on board at fours, Oscar Elite for <laughs> Colin Tizard, uh, 11 to 2. Uh, I'm not laughing um, for the name Colin Tizard, it's just that I can, may as well just draw that horse out straight away and forget about it. Um, although, to be fair, well, one of his few winners. When, when the yarn hasn't been getting winners, so you can argue, well, he must be good if he's able to win. One of his but. few winners, indeed, Rory. Uh, JB, JBY. Uh, by trained by Alan King and uh, written by Tom Cannon is uh, an eight to one shot with min condition eight. Okay, we get um, and we got Lord of Carrick for Ollie Murphy and Aidan Coleman, um, winner last time out for the Wheatleys. Uh, Twelve to one shot. Right, this is a little bit more of an interesting race in terms of the fact that it's a grade two and we've got an awful lot more horses to talk about. Um, obviously, the David Pipe horse wins here uh, and has improved since the wind operation. You may be right there. Um, he certainly improved the chunk when beating um, any news at Cheltenham last time out. Um, and he looked very game in doing so. Um this is a tougher race, I would have thought. Um, a very good turnout, largely because we've obviously lost that meeting on New Year's Day at, um, at Cheltenham, and that was an opportunity for some of these horses to have got a run. A few of them would have been penciled in for either um, the, the New Year uh, Day um, Novice Hurdle at Cheltenham or mm. this. 
um, in a, you know, to find out where they stand uh, for March. Um, so it's a, it's a bigger field than we normally see for this. A very competitive-looking race. Make me a believer. Um, he's, he's got to be um, very high in your shortlist for that after beating any news. The pair of them came 12 lengths clear. The second and third have both won their, their previous starts. Um, and although that's a fair step up from Make Me a Believer, his, his previous run um, is better than it looked at the time. Bear Gills has gone on to win again since. Uh, Take Your Time uh, was back in third. Um, and the beautifully named Frenchie Delarge uh, in fourth. But oh, the first three from that race came out and won next time out. Um, and the form looks um, uh, looks very solid. So, yeah, it's, it's backing up quite nicely. And... Um, I would, I'd arguably make make me believe her favourite for this. He's I'm over at Jamel. No joke, he's my nap of the weekend. But Rory Delargy may very well have a different bet in this race. I don't know where the money's going to go at this stage. I have to say, um, there's there are a couple of interesting. Um, there's a lot of interesting contenders here, um, but it's interesting that two of those towards the head of the market um, are. Um, have met each other before, and that would be um, digging back to this. Um, make me believer himself um, would probably have finished second to Adramel in a maiden point um, on his only a point to point start before joining uh, his current yard. That was a race that Adramel won um, by eight lengths in the end uh, before he switched to, to Tom Lacey. Um, I'm not sure how much how much um, you read into four year old point to point form when you've seen horses a few times since, but it's it's worth mentioning that the pair of these have actually have actually met in the past. Um, uh, Made me believe it was a faller, uh, went about four lengths down on Adjamal at the time. Um, the pair of them have improved uh, chunks under rules since. Adjamal's had um, you know he's he's had a he's had a fair few outings, so he's not entirely unexposed. He did have a trip to Cheltenham last year when he was no match for Fernie Hollow, um, but he's he's gone the right way this season. Um, he beat Lord of um, of Carrack at Sandown in November. Um, that horse is entitled to close the gap a fair bit, given that that was just the, his second lifetime start. Um, whereas um, Adramel had the point-to-point experience and the uh, the bumper form from last year as well. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Lord of Carrack um, outrun his odds for Ollie Murphy, who's whose horses were quiet enough um, over Christmas, but seemed to have um, hit a bit of form again. Um, after that, he went to Utoxeter and beat another crick in good style. Um, Utoxeter form sometimes gets um, gets overlooked. An awful lot of decent horses are going to go into Utoxeter. There's a few trainers who like to, to run their better horses at the track. It's a big galloping track. Um, the ground's usually on the soft side, um, but it doesn't tend to get false. Um, and plenty of trainers like like sending horses there. Um, quite a few graded winners have come via Utoxter in the last few years, and I wouldn't be underestimating Lord of Carrack, who seemed to take a step forward. He's obviously untested in, in graded company, but I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him step forward again. He's about, well, I see 12 to 1. Is he 12 to 1? Or am I looking at some dodgy prices again? He is indeed 12 to 1. Yeah, that's... Um, As we record. That's tempting enough. I'm going to have a closer look at him. Um, I don't think Robin Dickon will win this race. He's doubly represented. Um, but I think he'll be doing well, dear old Robin, to, uh, to, to produce another 
uh, another graded winner at his local track. Um, but there are plenty of others who could improve. Optimize, um, optimize Prime will improve again. Um, this might be asking a, um, a bit of him. Sending Love, I thought was very disappointing at Sandown. Um, he impressed at Foss Last. form for me is, is potentially misleading. Um, not easy to get a handle on what he achieved there, but he had the run of things in the uh, the winter novels hurdle at Sandown last time out, and I thought to be beaten 12 lengths in the circumstances of a slow gallop um, was was very disappointing. Uh, and of course, Stargate, who everyone was inclined to suggest might just be a star on the basis of that win, was a wee bit disappointing. Hey. Um, he didn't. I think he probably ran to the same level of form. Well, to be, um, to be fair, though, Rory, and uh, apologies for... He ran into Brickman's game, of course, in the channel, yeah. Well, not just that, he's now been ruled out for the season. They've decided that it's too much to be running him as a four-year-old, and they're putting him away until next season. Yeah, I, mean, I think, I, th- I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure that not running him at all would be where I would go with him, but I, I'd certainly, you know, I was thinking, looking at him at Sandown, he's a horse who's got a lot of growing to do. Um, and he is he is weak and doesn't want to be thrashed around the, the big festivals. Um, but I thought they might be able to find opportunities for him, you know, Cheltenham April meeting, um, or you know, plenty of other opportunities without having to to um, uh, to race in championship class. But um, Evan always looks after his horses, uh, and he talked even before the the the, uh, the Sandown race that he wasn't going to overface um, Stargate. But yeah, uh, sending love really ought to have done better than that. He's got a he's got a very good pedigree. Um he looks like he should be very useful, but he cut out very quickly given that he was able to set a, a slow gallop throughout. I know the grind was very testing, but he's proven on very all his runs have been on heavy grind. So it's not like connections think he wants it better. And it's gonna be it's probably gonna be heavy again on Saturday. We didn't really touch on the grind. Soft at the moment, but there's there's rain there today. It's gonna to be it looks like it's gonna be nice tomorrow, but again there's up to half an inch of rain on Saturday. Um, some of which may come after racing, but some of it will be during and before as well. So that will turn the ground um, pretty testing as well. And you need to be absolutely certain you're going to handle um, that kind of ground. Um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm, as I said, at the moment, I'm not entirely sure where the money's going to go um, for me here. I will have a, a second look at Lord of Carrick, who seems, I'd like to think he's open to improve. He doesn't get a time form P, interestingly, after just uh, three hurdle starts and he's, I thought he improved when it gets Oxford last time out, but um, uh, they don't. They do say we'll go. We'll go on improving, but he doesn't get the time form P. I think he's worth a little bit more than his bare form. Um, Adramel is solid. Um, he will wear cheek pieces for the first time, um, which is an interesting one. I'm not a big fan of of, uh, of cheek pieces. No, um, we've discussed this before. Yeah, I mean, it's not individual. You've got to look at, at every case individually, but I'm always a little bit wary of trainers putting cheek pieces on a horse. Um, it's it's often a slightly negative sign, um, and I'm I'm not sure how much progress there is in Adramel. For all he's got a, a solid enough chance on paper. Midnight River needs to be considered as well. Uh, most of his form has been a slightly better ground, sort of good to soft, soft. Um, but he's um, uh, his um, second at the Utopia meeting at Cheltenham is. Um, it's a decent bit of form. Um, does he know blotted his copybook by running out in the shallow? But he'd looked very good before that. He went to win, went on to win at the next Cheltenham meeting as well. Um, and Midnight River um, ran pretty well to be uh, to be second that day ahead of Top of the Cotswolds um, and Domain Delisle. I thought it was a fair enough run, and he should improve again. Whether he wants to grind this deep, I'm not entirely sure. 
Uh, and I wouldn't, I'll tell you who, another one I, I wouldn't rule out, but I'm a little bit wary of stable form at the moment. Mint Condition has been doing his winning in, um, in Handicap Company, but he absolutely revels in heavy ground. Um, four runs this season have all come on heavy, uh, all in handicaps, and he's improved about two stone uh, in, in winning three out of four, um, including when beating Luke My Way easily at Weatherby last time out. So he's still improving. Um, Jenny Candlish uh, just, she looked like she was, she was hitting form um, in December, but it's been um, it's been a little bit quiet since then. Um, but um, she's got, she's, she was due to have a runner today. Um, I'd keep an eye on that and see if, uh, if there are better signs. But yeah, mint condition, despite the fact that he's coming through handicaps, it is um, uh, by no means outclassed here. And he's a, the kind of horse who might just be underestimated. Nicely done. Nicely said. But, oh, this is all saying, have a look at the uh, at the Irish Field article on, on Friday <laughs> evening. <basically. laughs> Got to keep the employers happy. I did wonder... I did wonder were you going to uh, give a mention to uh, the Irish Field there as well, but um, the Irish Field, um, an outstanding publication and uh, available in all, not only available in all good news agents, but also available online. Um, make me believer wins, and uh, spoiler alert, nap of the weekend for me. The McCoy Contractors Civil Engineering Classic Handicap Chase uh, Lebroy. The horse that we've talked about uh, numerous times on the podcast and was involved in that uh, grueling finish for Ben Paulding to the, um, well, it was the National Lunch Chase back then. It ain't anymore because of that race. Uh, but he's not favoured. Uh, not a chance for Alan King and Tom Cannon. Heads to betting at 9-2. to two. LeBroy with a first-time wind-up for Keelan Woods and Ben Pauling, 13-2. to two. Uh, Late Romantic 12s. Um, we've got... Akil, 14s, and uh, Django Django, uh, 16s, with the Hollow Ginge uh, for the Ginge Army, who we talked about last week, a 20s shot. My initial thoughts in this race were to look at LeBroy, but I ended up coming down on not a chance. Um, not a chance. Not a chance. Uh, prove me wrong, Roy Delargy. What's your thoughts? Um, not a chance has got a good profile for this race, given that he's a... Um uh, he's a horse who looks like he will stay um, very well. Uh, he's young, he's unexposed, and he gets in here of a, of a lightish weight. So I can see why he might be uh, might be favoured for the race. He's, he's also um, looked a pretty sound jumper as well, which is which is a big plus. Uh, the more fences you have to jump, the more jumping comes into the equation. Surprisingly enough, um, that was a career best last time I won beating Captain Tommy at Bangor. This is a tougher race. Um, obviously up on grades and up seven pounds in the weights. I'll give him a chance and he's probably been laid out for the fact that he's been off for 66 days. Um, you can put that down to a number of factors, but I would have thought Alan King would have um, would have looked at this race and decided that it was a good one to uh, to target. Of course, he, he won the race uh, with Darjon in 2008 and West End Rocker mm-hmm. in 2011 uh, with the, the um, runnings in between abandoned. Um, so it's a race he's always had on his radar, and I thought not a chance has been laid out for it. So, in that respect, you've got to fancy him. Um, I imagine Alan King will be talking talking about the horse's chances in the uh, weekender. The weekender. Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't got it. I don't know what he said. I can um, look it up for you if you'd like while you're talking. Well, you can when I'm talking about uh, about whatever else. So that, that you know, he's he's fairly straightforward about his horses uh, when he talks about them um, in that publication. So I wouldn't put you off. 
uh, reading what he has to say. Um, but again, you know that I've talked about this horse for quite a while and, and things haven't always gone his way, but this, this is very much last chance saloon for Lebroy. Um, and I would be disappointed if he, if he can't win over a mark of 140. He was due to run today at Catterick in the North Yorkshire Grand National. And that kind of brought it home to me how well handicapped he is, the fact that, you know, he was he was able to, to sneak into that not a 140 handicap. Um, and he looked to have outstanding claims. It would have been a 13 to 8, 7 to 4 chance um, for that, the Broy. And um, I think the I think Ben Pauling preferred the Catrick race. It's very easy to say, well, hold on a second. If this horse is, has got a chance of winning this this big pot at, um, at Warwick, which is a grade three and it's worth, uh, well, it's not worth an awful lot of money these days in, in the uh, uh, in our post-COVID existence. Um, but you'd rather win a grade three chase than a North Yorkshire Grand National, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. People will say. But the most important aspect of that is he wants this horse to run in the Grand National. To run in the Grand National, he needs to be going up five or six or seven pounds um, in the weights. Won't get it off 140. Or probably won't get in. You know, we don't know what's going to happen between now and then. And we may have no Irish horses and maybe other restrictions. Oh, don't you dare say it. We don't know what's going to happen. But in the last few years, you, you're not really guaranteed to run in the national unless you're sort of rated 147, 148. Um, and 140 won't get in. So Ben's always thought this is a grand national horse. Um, he's had his issues since... Well, more to the point, I think Ben Pauling has had issues with the yard um, since Lebroy won the, the national hunt chase. Um, but he's shown enough on a number of occasions to think that all his ability remains intact. Yeah, he's 10 pounds lower uh, than he was for running in the Beecher Chase last year. Um, traded nine to four in running um, in that contest. Didn't quite get home. Um, you'd have put it down to, to lack of fitness, uh, but jumped really well, travelled really well, wasn't knocked about when he was beaten um, in finishing um, seventh. He was in a very unlucky fifth in this race last season when the, the idea was to get him handy I mean, he's very handy throughout when he won the National Hunt Chase. He was meant to jump off handily. There was a false start. He was towards the head of affairs um, when the starter said no. And they turned around again. He got stuck right at the back of the field under Luca Morgan. And he was hampered about 10 times um, because Luca wanted to get him in a better position. And he was just, you just can't pass horses at Warwick. Um, where you are, you, you, in order to, to improve your position at Warwick, you either need to really fly the fences um, and get a bit of ground out wide or you just got to wait for horses to weaken around you. Um, that's the nature of the track. It, it's on the turn almost throughout. Um, and the Broy just could not move into a position. I thought he did well to finish fifth in the end. Um, he would have been a lot closer with a clear run. Uh, that was off a mark of 148. Um, he disappointed when he was fighting, went off favour for the Kim Muir and, and ran a, a poor race. Again, this was a time when, when the Ben Pauling horses were meant to be running better because he had issues with, with um, poor quality hay um, early in the season. But they they didn't really see the season out. And again, there was there've been periods where the polling horses haven't really run particularly well. They're doing better at the moment. Um, he needed his reappearance at Kelso. He needed his reappearance badly last season as well. And then he went to the Beecher again. I thought he ran very, very well for a long way, only tired from the last fence. Uh, this time, um, having traded nine to four last year, he traded five to four in the run this time and just got tired and wasn't knocked about um, late in the day. Uh He's had wind operations since that, uh, and obviously his weakening late in the day. He did that twice now in the Beecher, but he's won over four miles at Cheltenham. He won a really, I mean, the, the race that ended the National Hunt Chase, if you like, um, yep. really attritional race. Said, yeah. He saw it out thoroughly to win, so stamina is not an issue. 
Clearly, he's just developed a little bit of a, um, a win issue since that. Being corrected since his last run, hugely important that he wins a race between now and early February to get into the Grand National. Um, so any negative comments about, well, why would they have declared him at Catterick if they wanted to run here? The reason for that is clear. They don't really care. They'd love to win a grade three more than they'd like to win the North Yorkshire National. They want to win a race. And there aren't that many appropriate races for a Grand National horse at this stage of the year. Um, and therefore, you know, they were happy to take the lesser option um, because the chance of victory by definition is greater. Um, that doesn't mean that they don't fancy him for this. Uh, and I think he should be favourite. I don't think he will start favourite on the day. Um, and if he can't win this off his current mark, I think he's ten points well in. I think the one fifty was off this time last, you know, early last season was the right mark for him. Um, and he's now uh, languishing off a mark that, that doesn't do him justice. Uh, and if he can't win off it, then that'll be very disappointing. Will I tell you what Alan King has said about not a chance? Yes. All right. This comes to us courtesy of the Racing Post Weekender. There's a very interesting article, by the way, by Maddie Playle, um, friend of the show, in there, which I recommend you check out. But uh, Alan King says, Warwick is my favorite race course. Uh, the track provides a good test. As for not a chance, um, I haven't been racing much since lockdown, but uh, I've been to Warwick twice in that time, and I hope that he'll give me a third victory in the classic chase. He's been aimed at this race since winning at Bangor in November and is in very good form after a break and working well. We felt the Welsh Grand National was coming a year too soon for him and the fact that the rearranged race took place last Saturday may have taken a few potential rivals out of this field. While he's up seven pounds in the weights, I hope there is more to come from Not A Chance and I'm looking forward to running him and again, that comes courtesy to us of the Racing Post Weekender, available on your iPad, uh, available on the racingpost.com, or you can uh, subscribe to the newspaper section there, or your local news agents. Um, yeah, that's that's makes perfect sense to me. Um, and again, you know, it's, sometimes I find trainers' columns um, to not really be worth reading. There are a lot of bollocks um, sometimes, but his um, and some, Paul Nichols are I, very I, good. I, I like Alan's column. I think, he, you know, he just he seems to tell it very straight as it is. Um, and you see the reason for, for this horse coming here. As I said, um, it, this is a race that Alan King likes. And as he says there, this is a track that he particularly likes for his chasers. Uh, so no surprise to see not a chance coming here rather than the Welsh National. Um, and he's, you know, he's on a decent weight. Um, I think he's he's the only other horse in the race I'd be interested in, quite frankly. Okay. Uh, uh, if you want to if you want to look at an outsider, um, yeah. it's only a week since he unseated in the Welsh National. But the whole of change, Mike. What it was a big price last. I mean, it's a very big price in the in the Welsh National, given he finished fourth in the Labrox Trophy off the same mark. Um, he was sent off um, fifty to one and uh, bigger, almost ninety. Um, bet for SP at Chepstow and um, he unseated or they all but fell to be honest but that was a long way from home so there's a big chance that he might you know with no ill effects from that he might be able to bounce back and run a, run a decent race here but you can read um, his weakness in the market two ways um, last time out and, and might be slightly wary of him I, I thought uh, the one thing I would say about that was it suggests he's again going to be allowed to go off a big price um, in this race and if he does if he drifts to 40s or bigger uh, then he might be worth throwing a couple of quid at. Captain Chaos ran really well on this race last year um, on the back of a, 
uh, a very in and out profile. Um, and again, he comes here having run three stinkers this season. Mm. Um, but he was, you know, he was running poorly last season uh, before he arrived to run, to run the race of his life to be second um, in the race last year. And he's not worn blinkers um, since winning his next start. Blinkers are absolutely essential to Captain Chaos. Um, so with the blinkers back on again, um, he will do. He'll need to do better. He's been absolutely atrocious this season. He hasn't looked. Um, he hasn't looked in love with the game, to, to put it politely. Um, but as I said, they know that he needs blinkers and he hasn't won blinkers when he starts this season. So, um, you know, the uh, the game plan there is clearly just to uh, to get him down the weights. Um, you, I don't know whether people will be annoyed by that or not, but, you know, there are, there are lots of ways of, uh, of getting your horses well handicapped. And if you need headgear and you're not, you're not running them in headgear, um, then, you know, I think that's... It's, it's definitely playing the game, um, but so I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything typically, particularly underhand about it. Especially if you think that the effects of headgear aren't going to remain constant. Uh, so if you think you know the blinkers will work with them, but if I keep wearing, putting him in blinkers, that he will he'll get accustomed to them and he'll stop running well. Therefore, I've got to run him without the blinkers, just so that when I put them back on, they will have a positive effect. Yeah. Um, you know the the other the other answer to that is well don't run the horse but I mean you know if you if you pay good money for a horse and you're paying thirty grand to keep it in training uh, you don't mind it running even if the trainer says I don't think he, I don't think he's going to fancy it this time but you know it'll keep him occupied and keep him fit um, we know there are plenty of horses that are unfancy for races all the time and uh, this the notion that they're always trying and always fancied um, is is a we know it's a myth um, and you you've got to you've got to look for the signs of, of, of when trainers are laying horses out for races. Okay. Um, and as long as they're not stopping horses from who are capable of running well from running well, then I don't have a massive issue with it. I know some people probably do. I've got a, a bigger problem with the horse who's well handicapped and gets, you know, is ridden in such a way that gives it no chance. If the horse, it's, if the horse himself is basically taking control of his handicap mark, if he's just a moody old bugger who won't run unless he's wearing blinkers, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, not mm-hmm. wearing, not putting blinkers on him is a fairly obvious sign to anyone who wants to back him that today's not the day. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so he does have the blinkers back on this weekend. He's very short. He's fours. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, no, maybe, no we're just, maybe we're all reading those signs too closely. Yeah, but you're getting 11 to 2 about LeBroy, and I'm getting 9 to 2 about Not a Chance. And uh, before we move on to our next race, the Final Furlong podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Now under new management, Tote is looking to bring pool betting back to the masses with better value, brilliant bets, and a slick new app. With the new Tote guarantee, you will never be paid less than SP on win bets. And of course, if the pool pays more, you'll get the bigger price. It's never been easier to place your favorite bets online, including the Play Spot and Scoop Six, which I'll definitely be playing this weekend, uh, as well as the brand new Tote Survivor, where the aim of the game is to be the last person standing. Importantly, when you bet with the Tote, your money is going back into supporting the sport that we all love at a time when the industry has never needed it more. In fact, Alan King's article in The Weekender uh, was talking about uh, he was. They were saying, "What did you love? What did you not love?" Uh, the prize money that he won for uh, Mazé de Zabo, uh, because it's just pathetic these days. So, um, Tote giving back into racing hugely important, um, and it really has never needed it more. Has been made 
abundantly clear by us on this show with more and more stories that we bring you. And of course, because the tote aren't a bookie, you will never be closed down for having a winning bet, nor will they stop you from having a big bet. So remember, winners are more than welcome. If you haven't got an account yet, join Toad today and enjoy a risk-free bet on any of their pools. Terms and conditions apply. The 335 at work is the Pretemps Network Handicap Hurdle. There are 12 runners, so keep an eye out for who's going to finish sixth. This should be... Magnifique riding. It's only a shame um, that uh, a certain jockey isn't there uh, to um, to be able to, to to show off their skills. Um, right, Rory, the three thirty five at Warwick. What's your thoughts, Mama? Uh, a tough one. I'm going to have to be quick with this because it's uh, almost time for me to uh, to pick the kids up. Um, interesting one here is Imperial Alcazar, who was due to go novice chasing. Um, I spoke to. Um, uh, Paul Costello of Imperial Racing uh, a couple of days ago and he said that the plan was always to go um, novice chasing with him after Haydock. Um he ran in what was the um, uh, the fixed brush at another Beffer Exchange stay or his handicap uh, he ran very well that day he fin- only finished ninth in the end um, but he got tired late on having having travelled as well as anything in the race um, he's missed a couple of opportunities to go chasing since and decided that it's too late for him to be um, starting off over fences and then, you know, being aimed at a championship race at Cheltenham. Um, so they're going to aim him at the pretemps instead. Um, but um, and you definitely expect him to be competitive here. His um, his form from last season um, is pretty good. He was, of course, um, a listed winner at Cheltenham in, on New Year's Day last year. He was second past the post, promoted to first in the storage room and then relegated again um, as the result of a, an appeal. I... Well, one of the few people we thought he deserved to, to get that. Um, and Paddy maybe made a bit of a meal of it, um, but strictly speaking, he was uh, closing on the winner all the time. It was only just beaten in a photo. And that was behind Protectorat, um, who's since shown very good form. Um, Imperial Alcazar won his next start then, was put away uh, for the season. And obviously, his only run since has been in that, that uh, fixed brush road level mark of 140, um, when he shaped as if he just needed the run, given the conditions were, were very heavy there, probably just tested him too much after that long break but he will bounce back and he's a very interesting player um, uh, now that he's been rewitted to the pretense so obviously this is a I would say it's his only chance to get in there but there are limited opportunities from here and they won't want to be running him more than once uh, to get him in but he, he also won't be aiming for sixth place here I think if they can win this race they'll be delighted to win it uh, so I think he's a big player um, the pipe horse is interesting uh, Kipaj um, now you're talking He's um, he's a, he's very hard to weigh up. His jumping was dreadful when he won his hurdles debut at Leicester. I've never seen a horse jump worse. He was two to nine that day, traded a thousand <laughs> in running, um, and somehow managed to win the race. But he ran an awful lot better to win at Doncaster in his next start. I thought he was very weak in the market and shaped as if he needed the run when he was fourth um, behind uh, Simulating Song um, at Cheltenham in November, a race that David Pipe often um, targets. And again, it looks like, I don't know whether this is a, a backup plan for him with the pretense has always been an option, but he's an interesting one. He's never tried, never tried three miles. Um, and it's up, up for debate whether he will stay out or not, but he's an interesting attendant because he's thoroughly unexposed. Um, and I should mention, um, Ben Pauline's got two in the race. And Ben obviously trains my, my fancy in the big race of the day, but I was just having a check on the, on the current form of the yard. Cause I don't like saying 
the yard was out of form then and it's in better form now. Just just to confirm, Ben's had five handicap runners in the last uh, six days. Um, that's a little bit of a cheat. His last five handicap runners, which have come in the last six days, have provided four winners. Um, and that means Ooh. that Ben Ponning is very much a stable to look at at the moment. He's got two in this race. Um, the Macon Lunatic, um, who's one of the pace options in the race. And I think that could be beneficial in this contest, looking at the makeup. Um, he was disappointing trying three miles for the first time at Cheltenham in October, but that was a time when Ben was struggling for winners again. Um, so I'd ignore, I'd ignore that form. Um, again, you know, he was, he was pulled up on his hurdles debut when the yard was struggling um, in December 2019. He then won his next two starts over um, two and a half at Doncaster. Totally unfancied the first time, um, but um, started favour for the second of those and looked at horse who was, who was going places. Now, he's only had the one run since, which came at a time when the yard couldn't find a winner. Uh, he's interesting, again, because he's unexposed at this trip. Um, the fact that they, they are keeping going at three miles is interesting. First time cheek pieces, you know the score with that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also got the captains in. Uh, another horse he was he was uh, well beaten on his reappearance for the yard. That's never something to worry about with with Ben. A lot of his horses badly in the other run after a break. Um, but he was tried in Grade One company um, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, dual winner in novice hurdles. Again, he's had one start in handicaps um, when he wasn't uh, fit, and um, he's. Uh, dropped three pounds for that off a mark of 127 now. There could be an awful lot more to come from him as well. So I don't, you know, those are two horses to be to just have a look at, see how the market goes with them. Um, the Macon Lunatic looks the stable first string on jockey bookings, um, but both of them are worth a second look. Okay. Uh, we'll quickly go to Market Raisin and we're going to rocket through this. Uh, Edward Stone heads the betting for the Mansion Bet Handicap Hurdle. Uh, 13 to 8, he was obviously. Very, very well fancied for um, some uh, novice hurdles last season. What does Alan King say? Say again? What does Alan King say? Oh, God. Uh, I'd have to go back into and look it up (laughs) again, so let's avoid that. Uh, Uh, I agree with whatever Alan King says about this horse. So he's 13 to 8. Is he too short? Uh, as in, is he a horse who makes the market here? And if so, uh, like this is going to be a small but select field as well. It's, it's too short for me to be punting him. Mm. Um, there's a horse that I'm vaguely interested in here, although he was enormously disappointing last time out. Um, I say enormously disappointing. He, 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 he was beaten 30 lengths into 13th, what's called Roland Ward. Oh, the outsider. Uh, convinced, under convinced under he's Kate a, yeah. Tracy's better half, Kieran Gethings. Indeed. Um, I think he's better than he's shown so far. Um, he was um, a horse who took my eye when, when winning a, a juvenile hurdle last year. He then travelled very well when beaten in the finesse uh, at Cheltenham in January. Um, despite the fact that when he finished fifth of six, he traded uh, a very short price. Maybe he's not a Cheltenham horse. He's knocking up the hill at all in two tries there. Um, but he was a winner at Kempton, and maybe what he wants is a flat track. Market racing similar to Kempton in that regard. He could spring a shock. All right. Uh, and that then brings us to uh, a race that oh, Rory cannot wait to talk about, and that is the uh, listed bumper. Uh, I have no interest here whatsoever. Of course Willie you Mullins, don't. Willie Mullins has a runner in this race. Yes. It's terribly interesting for everyone involved because he's never had a runner at market racing since, ah, well, since winning this race last year. So, um, <laughs> uh, and what did, it, what did he do with this. that runner? 
Well, I wouldn't suggest that the same thing is going to happen with this one. Uh, Panic Attack, who won the race last year, was was sold uh, and ran for a different stable in the champion bumper. Mm. Um, but uh, Green G is owned by um, that syndicate, fine syndicate, syndicate racing. racing. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they will be in a hurry to sell her. It's just an opportunity. People people are looking, why would Willie Mullins come to market racing? Because it's a black tight bumper for crying out. Exactly. There aren't that many of those around. It's not the strongest in the world. Um, but it doesn't look a bad race on paper. Um, the horse with the, with the best form is Eileen Dover, but of course she's had two starts. Um, uh, got a wonderful pedigree, um, descended from uh, Pam Sly's Thousand Guineas winner, Speciosa, so I'd love to see her do well. Um, but aside from that, I'm not interested in it as a betting race. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how um, this all goes with William Mullins sending a horse over because he's the first Irish trainer to test the waters. And uh, Nico de Boinville booked for Grangy, uh, so hopefully things work out well there. Sunday, Punchestown, the Skybet Moscow Flower Novice Hurdle. No, no, Sunday, no Punchestown. No, 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 no. <laughs> You'll have to pretend I'm here and talk to yourself about Sunday at Bunches Times because uh, I'm already late. I will just briefly say that the um, the horse that interests me in this is uh, Ganapathy. I would uh, keep a close eye on this horse uh, for the Donnellys. Uh, as for the the other horse, Roy and I talked about uh, the race even. Uh, Roy and I talked about this beforehand. Envoy Alain wins. The others are going to just duck him. Um, he's got, listen, he's got, he might duck them. He's got 12 stone. Under the you know, and the conditions of the race, he does not have an easy task giving lumps of weight away to potential Grade One horses. Possibly, Philip. Possibly. Okay, your best bet of the weekend. Oh, this good Lebroy, good old Lebroy. And you already know that my nap of the weekend is make me a believer. So should we put in? Actually, never mind that. Never mind that. Let me just tell you what my lucky thirty-one for the weekend is, because you know, this is the weekend that it that it clicks. Although I've done well with these in the past. It's just that I've given the money back to the betting companies. But anyway, here we go. Uh, Golden Fortune, Make Me a Believer, Not a Chance, Capage, and on Sunday in the Moscow Flower Novices Hurdle, Ganapathy for the Donnellys. I think the Donnellys have yet another superstar on their hands for Willie Mullins, and that horse is currently priced at three to one. Final Forum Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Now under new management, Tote is looking to bring pool betting back to the masses with better value, brilliant bets, and a slick new app. And with the Tote guarantee... You will never be paid less than SP on win bets. And of course, if the pool pays more, you will get the bigger price. It's never been easier to place your favorite bets online, including the Place Pot and Scoop 6, as well as the brand new Tote Survivor, where the aim of the game is to be the last person standing. It's not that serious, it's just you might very well win a lot of money by taking part in it. It's really cool. If you haven't got an account, join Toad today and enjoy risk-free bets on any of their pools. Terms and conditions apply as they always do in life. Uh, that's it. On Monday, I'm going to be joined by, um, first of all, first lady of the podcast, Kate Tracy. Secondly, an elite trainer and an elite jockey for two exclusive interviews. So very much looking forward to that. Hopefully you can join us. And hopefully as you're listening, you're still counting the massive amounts of gravy that you have made from this show. And uh, on Thursday, Paul Ferguson returns uh, alongside Roy Delarkey and I to preview 
next weekend's racing. So hopefully you can join us then. Thank you so, so much for making us trend yet again on Spotify. Thank you so, so much for having us in the top 20 on Apple Podcasts, along with uh, the Nick Look Daily. And the weird thing is, that's at a minimum. Like, we're top 10 Apple Podcasts. And that's alongside the Gary Neville Podcasts, produced by Sky Sports and Football Weekly. And, you know, when anybody ever tells you, how are we going to promote racing? Well, we're doing it. Racing is huge. It's not given enough credit for what an incredibly popular sport it is. Look at the viewing figures that ITV pull in. Look at the subscriber base that Racing TV has. Look at the fact that there is a a daily trade paper for racing. This is an an amazing sport. In Ireland, we have a, a weekly paper that Rory contributes to, the Irish Field. It's excellent. Why is the Irish Field so popular? Because racing is popular. But that doesn't necessarily mean that every piece of content is going to be popular. So the fact that you support us in the way that you do means a great deal. And if you would like to support the show more, just share us on social media. Honestly, uh, a like on social media, uh, a retweet, a share. You've no idea what that does for the show. It's it's huge. YouTubers are asking for financial donations the whole time. Likes and shares, that's what it's all about. And um, if you can do that for us, it's greatly appreciated. Genuinely. Thank you. Have a fantastic weekend. Hopefully, we'll be dripping in gravy. And um, don't forget to join Kate Tracy, an elite trainer, and an elite jockey, and myself on Monday show. And uh, right back here, same bad time, same bad channel, with Rory Delarghi and Paul Ferguson as we look ahead to another weekend's racing. Stay safe. Let's be careful out there. Thank you very much for listening. And thanks for all the kind words on social media. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Try Tote today and get a risk-free bet on the pools.